Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. All right. Week two of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Interesting week. Lots to talk about. Really, only one thing driving the news, though, and that's the Mueller report. So we'll talk about it. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I, as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are, as a people, not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the votes, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. All right, yeah. I don't know about you, America, but uh, I've been uh, reading this Mueller report, and I I think the president is a criminal. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I, uh, maybe calling him a criminal is too strong. He definitely appears to have obstructed justice to me. And I've been watching a lot of TV. I've been appearing on a lot of television. I've been doing some other radio and other media the last couple of days, and I, I'm I'm befuddled by conservatives who spent much of the 90s prosecuting Bill Clinton for obstruction of justice, calling it a process crime. Uh, If it's a process crime and they think that the president should be apologized to, which is what Sean Hannity was saying, uh, I think Tucker Carlson was trying to get at that last week when I was on his appearance that the president is owed some sort of apology um, no, read the report. A couple of things. You know, let's let's start with the um, criminal conspiracy, which the report, you know, clears the president of criminally coordinating with the Russians. But it, it doesn't say that it, they didn't seem to attempt to coordinate or welcome that coordination. It just never materialized. It appears to me that you had two bad actors walking down the same path. Two bad actors with the same goal, and that goal was to manipulate the electorate, to lie to the American people, to get them to believe things that were not true for the sole purpose 
of electing Donald Trump president of the United States, something that they were incredibly successful at doing. This report says to me that Donald Trump would not be president of the United States, but for that interference. Now, the report talks about all sorts of foreign interference and all things that we should be very much concerned about going into the 2020 election because there is nothing being done by this president, by this ridiculous attorney general that he appointed, Bill Barr. You know, Republicans are trying to say he's a serious person. He's a serious person. Why? Because he looks serious? Because he wears a vest? Because he's older? He's got a little bit of gray in his hair? Because he once served in this job under Herbert Walker Bush, who we all liked? He's not a serious guy at all. He wasn't serious when he worked for George Herbert Walker Bush and recommended pardoning everyone involved with the Iran-Contra scandal. So let's be clear. He's not a serious guy. He's a hack who acted like a flack for the last four weeks trying to get the story basically wrapped up for this president, getting the American people to be very much in the, in the camp that the president of the United States did nothing wrong, which where this, if you read this report, that is not the case. Even in the area that they call collusion, which Mueller calls criminal coordination, but even in the area of collusion, it appears to me that the Trump team, or it doesn't appear to me, it was written in the report, the Trump team was aware that the Russians wanted to collude. They were aware that the Russians were interfering with this election. They were aware that the Russians were talking to WikiLeaks. They were aware that they wanted Trump to win, and they loved it. They wanted to see what they could do to help it. You want to go into into more details? Uh, The president's campaign manager was sharing political data, their strategy, their polling, on a weekly basis with Konstantin Kalikmik. A aide, not an aide, a, 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 a billionaire, an oligarch with deep ties to Putin and the Kremlin. America, you know, I, I look at this and I and I really can't wait for Mueller to testify. I really can't wait, especially because, you know, we're all talking about uh, how the president obstructed justice and we're trying to say, well, I guess there's no collusion. There was no attempt by Trump's team to coordinate with the Russians I almost feel like there was, and that's harder to prove. And um, when you come to the point of a guy like Paul Manafort, who is going to jail for a long time for tax evasion, I kind of feel like they got him on tax evasion, right? I kind of feel like, like Paul Manafort was committing treason. It's hard to prove that he was committing treason. There may not have been memorialized crimes that he... Uh, that he committed, but he was up to no good. He was up to no good. He was coordinating with Konstantin Kalimnik while he was running a presidential campaign. Now, I'm not saying that President Trump had any knowledge of that, but that to me seemed like criminal coordination, and it seems to me that they couldn't prove that with Paul Manafort to to an extent where it was criminal. So they went after him for other things, and they got him on tax evasion, and they got him on failing to register as a foreign agent. And he's going to jail for a very, very long time. A very long time because of those things. So America, uh, you know, you read into it what you want on the uh, conspiracy side or the collusion side, if you will. I don't know. It looks to me like they welcomed it and, and I'm with Adam Schiff. I don't think that's okay. 
I don't think it's okay that the president of the United States was cool with the fact that our adversary was interfering in this election on his behalf. I don't think that that's cool. In fact, I think it's the exact opposite of cruel. I think it's un-American. I think it's unpatriotic. I think it's ridiculous. They were they knew that they were out there. They knew that they were being approached on many occasions by Russians. And they never reported it to the FBI. And now the president wants to blame Obama. It's, it's, he's just a piece of work, America. An absolute piece of work. No, it's not Obama's fault, America. It's the Trump's team's lack of values, lack of integrity, lack of caring about this country and putting this country first. No, in Trump's world, it's Trump first and everybody else second. So read this report with a fine-tuned comb and don't just skip to the obstruction section. The collusion section is an interesting read too. And there's a lot more redacted than I thought there would be in the collusion section. Like I want to know what happened in that redacted section where they said in the summer of 2016, the Trump team actively sought uh, information from WikiLeaks. I'm paraphrasing. It's a long report. And then several pages of redactions. Oh, what happened? What does Bill Barr, what does Bill Barr not want me to see? What does Bill Barr not want me to see? Because I don't trust Bill Barr as far as I could throw him, and it's not very far. I don't trust him. You shouldn't trust him. The American people shouldn't trust him. He is not a man of integrity. He is a political hack who went up there and spun for his boss. He did his best impersonation of a defense attorney. He's been a prosecutor his his entire life. I called it the reverse Comey on Fox last week. He did the reverse Comey. He went out there and did everything he can, bent himself into a pretzel to say that the president was innocent. He wasn't innocent, and he knew he wasn't innocent. Let's, let's just go to his state of mind, America. When Jeff Sessions told him that the special counsel had been appointed, Trump's initial reaction, his truthful initial reaction was my presidency is over. I'm effed. Now, I guess I'm on a podcast. I could have said whatever I wanted there, but I guess I want kids to still be able to listen to my podcast. Not that they're interested in my political rants. He said he's effed. By the way, I'm going to talk about this in a little while. I got an interview coming up with Scott Dworkin. Um, he is a major player in democratic politics, a major player in the resistance and the new democratic coalition. He's been around for a long time. He's at fun at funder on Twitter. Scott will be joining me in a few minutes. Did a great interview with Scott the night, uh, the Mueller report came out. So, um, I want you to listen to that. It's a pretty good one, but let's talk about obstruction, shall we? Let's talk about it. And, and here's the thing. Uh, here's the message I want you to give to your conservative friends, America, and the message I've been giving to my conservative friends. The people quoted in the Mueller report talking about Donald Trump, the people who were most utilized in the Mueller report were not wishy-washy liberals. I was not interviewed by the special counsel and asked what I think about Donald Trump. No. The people who were interviewed were the people the president handpicked himself to serve in his administration. 
his staff, his people, his appointees. Remember how he said, I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose the best people. I'm going to get the best people around me. We're talking about the White House counsel, Don McGahn, getting a call on a Saturday night from the president of the United States and being ordered to fire Robert Mueller. Now, I don't know. I think that's obstruction of justice right there. I think that order is obstruction of justice. Now, Don McGahn was smart enough not to do it. He was smart enough not to make the call. He he understood the symbolism of getting a call on a Saturday night from a president of the United States and being asked to fire somebody who was investigating said president. No, I, I, you would think that a guy who has spent as much time with Roger Stone, Roger Stone, a man who has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back, You would think that a guy who spent as much time as he has with Roger Stone would get the symbolism of trying to end an investigation on a Saturday night. Saturday Night Massacre, anyone? There are countless examples of people like Rod Porter. Rob Porter, remember the guy who had to resign because he beat his wife? Rob Porter not taking an order from the president. KT McFarlane not taking an order from the president. Many people just not taking orders from the president. Like I I, I asked this question and I ask it on a regular basis. Was there a standing order under General Kelly and under Reince Priebus not to do certain things the president asks without checking with either Reince or General Mattis or General McMaster when he was there, or General Kelly. Because those guys are all gone. Those adults who used to be around the president, they're gone. What's there now is Mick Mulvaney, a stooge among stooges. Stephen Miller, a guy whose best instincts are worse than the president's worst instincts. I mean, this guy is, is dark. He comes from a dark place. You would think a guy who grew up in Santa Monica, California, the beautiful coastline of Southern California, where it's 75 degrees and zero humidity all year round, you'd think that he would be happy. I mean, I went bald early too, Stevie, and uh, I was able to move on with life. It's okay. In fact, I, I find it more efficient. I could go to the gym at lunch. Fantastic. But no, I mean, the adults are gone. You're left with a bunch of yes men surrounding the president. And should the president have impulses that are even darker than firing the special counsel, impulses like, hey, I'm losing this election. Let's start a war or let's nuke somebody or let's send 50,000 troops to the border to have them start shooting anybody who tries to cross it because I'm losing an election sometime 18 months from now. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to belay that order? But there were multiple occasions in that brief described by people who worked for the president, not described by liberals, not described by the deep state America. No, described by people who the president handpicked to work for him in his first term as president of the United States. Nobody forced them to hire these people. Nobody. Instances that are clearly obstruction of justice. Bill Clinton was impeached on obstruction of justice and he did nothing close to what the president did here. 
nothing close. So now what's Congress supposed to do? Because clearly Robert Mueller, you know, one of the things, one of the big lies Bill Barr told over the last four weeks and the morning he released the report, which is amazing to me that he would make this lie when the report's going to come out hours later. The big lie that, that, that Bill Barr said, Attorney General Bill Barr, Billy Barr, one of the big lies he said was that Mueller was not restricted in recommending prosecution of the president due to the Office of Legal Counsel's opinion that a president could not be indicted, a sitting president could not be indicted. Robert Mueller made it pretty clear that he was restricted by that ruling. And one of the things that um, that he said, and I'm paraphrasing again, it was in, I believe, page two of volume two on obstruction. Had we been able to clear the president of obstruction, we would have done so. They were unable to do that. So that leaves it to someone else. And that someone else is not the attorney general of the United States. If the special counsel can't indict the president of the United States, the attorney general of the United States sure as hell can. The only people who can, and it's not an indictment, it's an impeachment, it's Congress. It's the House of Representatives, America. The House of Representatives, the ball is now in their court. Now, do they impeach or do they not impeach? Now, while I think that this president is worthy of impeachment, I think that the sheep in the Senate, who would then serve as judge and jury in this impeachment, actually they would serve as jury. I guess the judge would be the chief justice of the Supreme Court. They would serve as jury in this. They would have to vote and they'd have to get 66 votes to, to remove the president of the United States. 66 votes. So while I think impeachment is definitely something that should be done here, politically... I don't know if it's the best thing to do because let's 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 do the math here, America. The sheep in the Senate are not going to remove this president. So what you're going to have is you're going to have six months of impeachment hearings. You're going to have witnesses, you know, destroying the president's credibility, and then you'll have a trial in the in the Senate where the Senate will um, vote to uh, not to convict. They'll vote him not guilty. And it'll be like a 55-45 vote. Because you know, like some loser Democrat's going to go, oh, well, I don't see enough here. I'm going to go along with these conservative guys. And then that guy will lose his election anyway because, you know, cowardice never wins. Joe Manchin. So politically speaking, and everybody says, well, impeachment shouldn't be political, whether it's doing an impeachment or not doing an impeachment. No, I think it should be, the politics should be considered here because we don't want four more years of this nonsense, this chaos. I mean, if you read that report and you don't take away that it's a chaotic administration, you are reading the wrong report. There's nothing but chaos going on in that administration right now. It is a chaotic nightmare. So politically speaking, I think what the Democrats have to do is what Nancy Pelosi appears to be doing. Endless hearings. Bring Mueller in. Bring forth every single person who testified to the general counsel. Every single one of them. And ask them questions. Bring Robert Mueller in. And he's supposed to be coming in by May 24th. And I'm sure he'll come. 
And I'm also sure that he will not answer the question, if this was if this was not the president of the United States, would you have charged him with obstruction of justice? He will not answer that question. The answer is yes. I'm 100% sure of that. But he will never answer that question. He will not also, he will also not answer hypothetical questions that point to the facts. And I will tell you this, members of Congress, who I've been watching very closely as you testify, as you, as you question witnesses, be prepared to adjust from your prepared remarks and stop with this nonsense of staying on whatever it is you wrote down the night before. I mean, I can't do that with my radio shows or podcasts. I have to change with the news. If somebody comes before you, like let's say a Supreme Court judge, and you wanted to talk to him about alcoholism, and then he shows to you that he doesn't have the fitness and the temperament to be a Supreme Court judge, and you stick with the alcohol questions, you have failed your job as a senator. And I'm talking about you, Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee. The game changed. The line of questioning should have changed. During those hearings. But it didn't. It didn't. They didn't adjust. They didn't adjust to it. And and that is that is horrible. So if there is a surprise turn in these questions, that's why we, you know, this is part of the reason why it used to be like during Watergate, the professional staff would do the questioning. And you'd have a lawyer, you'd have a prosecutor, you have somebody who understood how to do the questionings asking the questions. And maybe that's what needs to happen here. Maybe, you know, when Mueller comes before the House Judiciary Committee and when Bill Barr comes before the House Judiciary Committee, maybe maybe somebody on the staff should be asking the questions, not these robots who are elected to office because it's not working out. You're not getting the job done because America's got a lot of questions that need to be answered And sometimes somebody's going to come up there and they're going to give you an answer that might lead you down a different path that might be more important than what you thought you should be asking. So make sure you don't Kavanaugh this and mess it up. I mean, Kavanaugh lost his mind and it was very clear to me that every question thereafter should not have been about his alcohol abuse. It should have been about his temperament. And nobody asked it. They should have pounded away at his temperament and got him to break. He was already broken, America. He was already broken. But they didn't want to go after it. They didn't want to pursue that line of questions. They wanted to stick to their notes. Well, I got to tell you something. This is far too important for these people to be planning a play. We need very strong questions. And we need to follow the evidence where it leads. So impeachment, probably not. Lots of hearings, yes. Beat him in 2020, that's the goal. And if we impeach him and there's a trial in the Senate which ends sometime in, let's say, October of 2020, and then the headline says, Trump cleared by Senate, how does that help beat Donald Trump in November of 2020? That's the question I have been asking every one of my progressive friends for the last couple of weeks. If there is an impeachment And then the sheep in the Senate just vote to clear him. And every headline across the country, Senate clears Trump. Well, then you know what you get? You get four more years of Trump. And I don't know if that's what you want. It's not what I want. It's not what America needs. So, you know, let's be smart about this. Let's not just be out for vengeance. Let's not look for the quick thing. This is not a one-day story. We've got to be thinking past what's right in front of us. 
and think about what's down the road and where that leads. And I think Nancy Pelosi, to her credit, she's a great leader, and I think she's doing that. And I think there'll be some people in the Democratic caucus that will be pushing for impeachment hearings, and they will not be successful because I think Nancy Pelosi is a good leader, and I think she will, will steer the ship in the direction it needs to go. All right, I got a great interview coming up after this break. Scott Dworkin, he's a friend of mine. You find him on Twitter. He's very active in the resistance movement across this country. And uh, you're going to look forward to him and I chatting about this very subject. So stick around. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Joining me now, though, great guy, top Democratic pundit on the web, Scott Dworkin. You know him. He's at Funder on Twitter. He's got the Dworkin Report. There's a lot of things going on. And with the Mueller report coming out uh, today and all the things you've been talking about that were confirmed in the Mueller report, I thought, who better to have on today? And I'm really glad you were available. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Chris. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me. So let's let's start with just your initial reaction to what's been going on today and really the last four weeks since we learned that the Mueller report was concluded. Sure. I think it's more of a bombshell than people really can acknowledge at this point. Um, you know, I've worked through the report about three times so far, and I keep on finding little tidbits that you know, point to other crimes that were committed or other investigations. You know, there's 14 different investigations that were farmed out to other authorities from the Mueller probe that were based uh, on this report. And, and on top of that, there's a lot of people who committed crimes, lied to Congress, um, you know, felonies. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be important to follow up on all of that and refer, you know, any of those crimes that were committed to the, the FBI or prosecutorial uh, devices like DOJ. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be a, a long road ahead because there's so many crimes that were committed and it's so large as to, you know, the swath of what, what they actually went after here. Right. I think, but the key, key thing we have to keep focused on is the fact that today, without a doubt, you know, Robert Mueller confirmed the fact that the Russian government attacked America. They went after our election. They wanted to support Trump and they wanted to hurt Clinton. And they were pretty successful in doing that. And it was more extensive and expansive than we ever thought. 
um, you know, was ever going to be possible even. I mean, I, I, ne- I never even thought that it would get this right this, this far and they get that much into it. So it's, it's, really, it's really in depth, you know, one of the most damning documents that's ever been printed by the government ever. I mean, um, this it, line it's really terrible. This line alone, from right in the beginning of, of, of the, uh, uh, the obstruction section, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, however, we are unable to reach that judgment. That says it all to me. Robert Mueller went into this thinking that he could not indict a sitting president. And I believe that's the only reason why he is not being indicted in this in this in this report for obstruction of justice. He left it to Congress. Right, replace, replace his name with CEO or, you know, an executive at a company. Martha Stewart. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And right. This is no Martha Stewart. You know, this is a lot worse than that. Right. I, I think there's there's a lot of things that, you know, we don't know yet. Uh, and there's more crimes to be had. I mean, you know, you have the Trump Foundation, obviously, which is under scrutiny and under investigation. You have the legal payoffs that were made. Um, you know, he's an unindicted co-conspirator in that. Right. Uh, and that's com- completely separate from from that, you know. Uh, so there's. There's so many different balls moving. It's going to be really hard for them to defend themselves, especially as now we now we have proof of people speaking out against Trump. But now they're going to have to do it publicly in front of Congress. Yeah. You know, Hope Hicks, Hope Hicks and Robert Mueller. um, Barr's going to have to Barr's coming soon. And and so like Felix Sater, his Russian mob connection. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that are forced to to do that. And. You know, this is as long as Republicans want to keep him in office, as long as Republicans want to make sure that, you know, he's their shield for everything, um, you know, they're going to pay the price, I think, not just at the polls, but uh, eventually, you know, a lot of these people will be committing crimes to cover up other things. Right. They'll get caught. You know, they're going to get sucked into the circle. And, and since he's he thinks he's immune, he doesn't care. Obviously, Manafort's in prison right now. Right. He, he doesn't care care if his best friend goes to prison. No. You know? he, he doesn't, doesn't care, care if his kids go to prison. Uh, that's the way I feel yeah. about it. Maybe Ivanka. I agree. You might care if Ivanka goes to prison, but any of the other <laughs> ones, you know, poor <laughs> Baron. Uh, but it's it's just it's just it's it's a it's a it, it's a shame. And, and I am looking forward to the next couple of weeks. And Democrats, you know, I've heard Steny Hoyer today said they should take impeachment off the table. I'm not taking impeachment off the table. I think impeachment has to be on the table, whether or not it's wise politically to go through the impeachment process, knowing that the sheep in the Senate are going to just bat to the president and 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 <laughs> vote to uh, you know give him to exonerate him, really, which would lead to a headline of President Trump not guilty a week before the election, which I don't think anything I don't think anybody wants that. But I do think that we need to have Watergate style hearings on this president every single day between now and November 2020. Right, and I think that those are going to happen. Um, you know, things that would go forward in impeachment, I think you're going to see those moves made, but it's not going to be called impeachment. Right. And so it's going to be, you know, that would really get to Trump. And we're, I, I, I'm not sure if anybody actually is scared of him. They're scared of his actions. Yeah. They don't want him to hurt people. They right. hurt more people than he already has. Right. Um, so it's, but the word impeachment is 
it, it, here's the logic behind it is I don't know an elected Democrat that wouldn't vote to impeach him right now. That wouldn't I, support I don't his resignation. You know, and so the, the Republican Party uh, is is really the ones to blame for keeping him in office. Yep. And so if they're if they're not going to do anything about it, we cannot proceed with what, what would be a, a legitimate trial in Congress. Uh, you know, for the public hearings or whatever. Um, it's so, so we have to go about this in, in a way where we can discover as many crimes as we can, indict everyone around him that's committed crimes, and, and make sure that uh, justice is served for and, everybody, and, you know, including Trump. The problem with impeachment and the problem why it's politically you know, bad for the Democrats is that impeachment without removal looks petty, right? The right. reason why... Nixon just resigned is because Nixon was told by Republicans that they would remove him, that they would give the Democrats the votes to remove him. The reason why Republicans looked petty during Clinton, other than the fact that they tried to impeach him over a personal sexual tryst he had, was that they did not have the votes to remove him. So they looked petty. So if the Democrats go down this road of impeaching, even though the, the, I think the evidence here is as bad, if not worse, than it was for Clinton or Nixon and, and definitely Andrew Johnson, who I think probably was run up the river too. <laughs> but I think that I, I think that even though the evidence is 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 worse, the Republicans aren't going to vote to remove him. And even though the American people will see the full evidence in an impeachment hearing, there are other ways for the Democrats to get that full evidence out and tell that story and then remove him at the ballot box, which is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be tough. It's a tough position to be in because but it's much tougher to be a Republican right now because, you know, the lawlessness and the corruption. And, you know, I mean, just for an example, he's he flew down to mar lago at 4 p.m. today. He's he's in Florida. Yep. Um, so, you know, he spent over wasted over a hundred million dollars in tax dollars on his little vacation. His golf trips. How many rounds of golf is it going to take to fund each thing? That's how we should be measuring things. <laughs> exactly. He should be forced to pay it all back. Right. Um, but the, it it really is the the question is you know what is logical? What can we actually accomplish here? And, and I, I think you know making it clear that. We're never going to give up, uh, and we're never going to cede an inch, uh, and we're going to seek justice no matter where it leads. Uh, I, I think this is a very intimidating process for Trump because uh, he's a criminal and he committed crimes and he knows it, and that there's more out there. You know, we still haven't gotten to our research has uncovered that he's worked in at least 65 countries yep. across the world. Um, and so, and that includes the you know Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, um, China, um, Russia, obviously. Um, but the you know this this just goes on and on. The list is endless, and those business connections haven't let up. And I think one interesting thing in the Mueller report that kind of has gone unnoticed today is the fact that he stated very clearly that uh, Congress can consider any payment received by a president any payment outside of his salary to be a bribe. There you and go. That is very explicitly in there. And so there's uh, yeah. so many little nuggets like and, that. And it's, that's the it's, kind it's of hard to get through. It. That's the kind of thing that requires Congress to see the man's tax returns, to know where his income is coming from, uh, down to the penny. Because, you know, the emoluments clause is pretty clear. 
And it, it looks to me like the man is violating it every single day by operating a hotel in Washington, D.C. It's it's amazing to me. Right. He, he's just going to go. You know, I, I think one of the things that uh, we have to watch out for is is the fact that how easy it is to influence people around him. And, you know, how easy it is to coax people into doing things for money. And, and we don't need people like that in the government. One of the great things about a person like Barack Obama is he couldn't be bought. He wasn't worried about the money for him. He wasn't worried about his wallet. He, he really cared. And I, I think he genuinely cared about the American people. Um, and I don't see it's obvious Trump does not care at all. He only cares about himself. He cares about his wallet and he cares about his future. And that is going to really hurt us in the long run. And I haven't seen, I really genuinely have not seen a positive thing that has turned out right for anyone except for corporations and, and his buddies. Like it really, it, everyone else is getting destroyed and they're yeah. kind of looking there. Even his biggest supporters are like, well, he'll come through eventually. And they're like, they lose their home yep. and they're out there on the streets and they're, they're like, well, no, no, he'll come through and they still probably attend the rallies. I mean, yeah. Just, it's, it's tough the, to it's, do. It's, it's tough. It's this blind loyalty, this blind allegiance to a guy that, you know, is clearly corrupt, is clearly not really in their corner, and is clearly a liar and a scoundrel and a fraud. And, you know, the thing is, they know he's a liar, a scoundrel and a fraud, and they don't care. And they still follow him blindly. I don't. I don't know how you break that. You know, I've been. I've been taught. You know, I go on conservative media and I try to point out the hypocrisy. That's my job. If I can make people think for two minutes, I think I've done a good job, right? Because I know I'm not going right. to win them over in one debate. But if I can make them just think and just question their reality, if I can make one percent of them question their reality, we've won, right? I don't know how you break this blind loyalty to a guy who they understand is a fraud. I usually talk it out. So I have a friend that's a, a Trump supporter or a former friend, let me say. Uh, but I still talk to them once in a while. And w- what I've learned is you you have to talk it out with them. You're right. Presenting a, an argument to them and the facts is, is good. Um, what, what I've been able to do is you tell me. You tell me why Trump did not collude with the Russian government. Like, you tell me right. how you have proof of that. And, and just walk it through in a rational way without catchphrases and slogans and, you know, things like that. Like, let's talk, let's talk through it. Let's get more basic than that. Did Trump and his campaign work with Russia while they were attacking America? Absolutely. Yeah. And so what, whatever. And by the way, the report, it, the report says that it doesn't say that they right. coordinated with them in a, at a criminal level, but it is clear that they right. welcomed the support and understood that it was there. Right. And did not report it. And, and I, I've never seen that um, in a campaign. Right. I've worked on hundreds of campaigns in all states. And, and so I have never seen I've never I've never approached any international person, no one from Canada, Mexico right. or elsewhere. Me neither. Um, you know, you you have people approaching you. Uh, I, you know, I worked for Obama's inaugural committee and his convention and. Uh, 2012. And, you know, there's a, a bunch of different things. And people come up to you. They know who you are. Um, they scout you sometimes. Yep. And you just have to know how to how to deal with it. You can't you can't even engage. You, we knew better. We were trained. We were told. And there's no way that his people didn't know it was illegal. Right. They are billionaires who have their own lawyers. 
uh, that counsel them on everything and vet everything that they do. And they I don't, have I don't to have their schedule and everything. You know, I don't get how they were so comfortable with it. You know, when I worked for Senator Schumer, if I was approached by a shady American. I was uncomfortable with it and I would report it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't understand. You got, you got shady Russians and we know how Russians operate. And yet they're, you know, people that think that this report completely exonerates him, even on collusion. I think the obstruction makes it hard to really tell what happened with collusion. I don't think there was enough evidence to bring a, a, a charge against a sitting president of the United States. And that's what he's saying. But when, you know, even the report says that, Sensitive campaign material was being shared by Manafort to Kalimnik on a regular basis. I don't know how that's not collusion. Right. Well, I mean, think about what they were. And it also says that they targeted Midwestern states. Right. And, and think about what, what the purpose of that is. What I would do is I present polling information to donors. Right. And supporters and field organizers and unions. And so any of the biggest supporters because you want them to spend money or invest into volunteers right. in your race. And so what are you handing off that information for? Why are you spending time with them? Right. And the whole goal, obviously, is to say, hey, focus on Michigan. And that's where they ended up spending their money uh, to affect votes, to not only use you know Bernie Sanders to try and divide people, but also you pro-Trump stuff and anti-Hillary stuff and spreads conspiracy theories like Pizzagate and other yeah. uh, crazy things. You know, this is this is going to end up being one of the best, worst things that's happened to America ever because it finally exposes uh, how open we are when we have the Internet yeah. not patrolled, no regulation. Yeah. No, and so I, I think we it's a coming to Jesus moment where we can look at it and say, Okay, what do we need to change about about how we share things, about our security, uh, and also what do we need to do to make sure that it never happens again? Yeah, and I don't think this man cares about how making how how to make it so it never happens again. I think he thinks he wants it to happen again in twenty twenty. So did he holds power? <laughs> it's scary to me. And you know, right. you know, back to the polls thing. When I first heard about the polls thing a couple of months ago. Uh, I'm sure you had the same reaction. I've been on campaigns where we didn't share the poll with the candidate, <laughs> let alone <laughs> let alone our worst enemy across the you know the world. I, so you, you know you only share polls are are like you know they're the golden child of the campaign. It is the thing you you don't let. It's a very small circle of people who gets access to the polling. So the fact that he was sharing it with Kalimnik, man, that to me was the most damning thing I heard. Right. And I think one of the keys here is, you know, my focus has always been uh, and always will be on his, his actual tie. And the reason I focused on exposing those in late 2016 is because those ties proved the fact that he had the potential link that would make it very easy for him to communicate with Putin without anybody knowing. Right. And that and that really got to me. And the crazy thing is when we first said, hey, what about your Russian ties? Uh, he, he sat there and said, I, no ties. No ties. I got no ties. None. That's where we started. With right. This. And then, you know, you work backwards and you're like, well, why are they hiding this? Oh, because you're working out a business deal in Moscow while they're right. in the United while States. While you're running you know? for president, you're saying nice things about Putin because you're trying to get a deal in Moscow because he didn't think he'd ever be president. 
right? I mean, I think the worst thing that ever happened to this guy was him getting elected president. He didn't think he'd be president. (laughs) And uh, he wanted to say nice things about Putin so that when he went over there to close his business deal and make a billion dollars, he'd have the deal. Exactly. And I think he still has that deal in mind. It's amazing. There's no doubt about it. It's amazing to he's me not that gonna, he's not going to stop, you know? Right. Why Why would he stop? I mean, nothing's ever, ever caught up to him ever. All right. So I got about a minute left with you. You got to give me your biggest takeaways from this report that we haven't discussed yet. Anything that you think people should be looking at? I think what people should keep in mind is the collusion angle and figuring out what you want to call it for yourself. I call it treason. Mm. And so if you if you sit there and you're working with an enemy and it is a cyber war, then you have to look at, you know, is it does it come to the legal level? I don't know. But as an American, as a human being, uh, I'd say that it does. It it is treason. What they did were traitorous acts. What they did were high crimes. And uh, it really is right something where we need to dig in and everyone needs to pay. Everyone needs to be exposed for who they are. So keep a yep. look out for, for everything, especially the WikiLeaks connection to expand and more indictments to come out spurring from uh, when, when Julian Assange is turned over to us. I, you know, I hope you're right. But of course, the attorney general of the United States decided only to charge him with, you know, one crime of uh, the, the Chelsea Manning hacking crime. And that only uh-huh. basically has a five-year penalty. So I don't know what his incentive will be to even deal. Five years. I mean, he just did five years in the embassy. He could probably do five years <laughs> in a prison uh, on his head, right, Scott? So, so I mean, that's the uh, that's Bill Barr at it again, not being the Attorney General of the United States, but being the President's defense attorney. It is shocking and it's sad. All right, Scott, this has been great. I really do appreciate you joining me. At Funder on Twitter, Scott Dworkin, the Dworkin Report. He's a great progressive patriot i really appreciate you joining me thanks again scott all right so that's scott dworkin and i guess i'm wrapping up episode two of the aggressive progressive podcast i really do appreciate you listening please tell a friend to subscribe and please follow me on twitter at christopher Hahn on twitter christopher Hahn ny on instagram it's gonna be a hell of a week america uh, i'm sure we'll get more uh tell it to the hand from the attorney general Uh, As the Democrats seek the full release of the report, he's already indicated last week that he will not uh, be submitting to the subpoena, which is amazing to me uh, how quickly this administration just says no to Congress asking for information. Well, we'll see where this ends. It's going to be fun. Thanks for listening. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there and I know you'll find it. Question everyone, question everything, and really question this administration. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and Sirius XM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and Sirius XM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. 
Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.